Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Sunday, November 12th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Sunday NHL card. Uh, five games on tap for this Sunday, including Alex's Chicago Blackhawks, who get the day started in an hour or so against the uh, Florida Panthers for an early afternoon affair uh, against the uh, Panthers. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button. We'll get into Saturday's recap in just a moment. But first, we have... Uh, Breaking news just now uh, in the NHL. It's not entirely unexpected based on the way things have gone for this team this season, but Jay Woodcroft has been let go and relieved of his duties as head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, And this is clearly a decision that was made uh, before last night's uh, impressive uh, win against the uh, Seattle Kraken on the road. Uh, It's one of these situations we often see when a team decides to make a coaching change when the team is on a decent-sized road trip you are often going to see them wait until the team remains uh, gets back home uh, to announce that change. Uh, and that is exactly what Edmonton has done. So unfortunately, one of the coaches I really truly like in this sport now finds himself uh, on the uh, sidelines here, out of work, fired as head coach of the Oilers, when, to be honest, he's the least of the problems that the Edmonton Oilers have. They never solved goaltending issues. They never got a, a, a very sturdy defensive minded group on the blue line they never you know they never got that t- kind of group in this organization and the things that really carried Edmonton last year and in years past the offense really hasn't been as good either I mean McDavid and Dreisaitl as we mentioned they've been an average which you know by their standards it's a huge drop from the elite level that they normally play at they haven't gotten consistent production from their supporting cast you know their depth forwards uh, and their power play they're vaunted power play uh the Edmonton Oilers has been nothing uh this year like it's been last year or two years ago and yeah Ken Holland's got to look himself in the mirror and take a lot of the blame uh there's no question about that and um you know I don't think he's done the job clearly that he did in Detroit where he was just looked at as this stalwart general manager there and it hasn't been the case I wouldn't shed too many tears though for Jay Woodcroft he's going to have some stress-free moments now probably getting away from this circus that is the Edmonton Oilers you know get some time to you know clear his head have a little mental break and don't you worry about him finding work don't you worry about it for a single second there will be suitors lining up to hire Jay Woodcroft in some capacity either as their next head coach maybe this year one team wants to bring him on as an assistant coach uh, if he is interested that's if he still wants to coach somewhere uh, for the remainder of the season, he's definitely going to be interested in doing that. Um, so there's a lot of options. And I even said to Alex before the show started, you know, if he's not interested in coaching, wants a break, but still wants to be active in some role, you might even see him in a guest role on television. It wouldn't shock me. Very charismatic, very well-spoken, very interesting to always listen to when he gives his thoughts on his team in particular. Uh, and we saw that basically throughout his tenure with the Oilers. He was very, very good expressing his thoughts uh, and he'd be good on television. So if he's on the TSN or a Rogers Sportsnet in Canada or ESPN or TNT in the States, it would not surprise me one bit. He'd do a great job. 
I think, on TV. So there's options. Jay Woodcroft will be fine. He will land on his feet, and he's going to do, be doing some great things, I'm sure, in the future. I wish him well. He's one of my favorite. He's become one of my favorite coaches in just a very short period of time. Have I been frustrated with him at times? Sure. But there's way more issues with the Edmonton Oilers than Jay fucking Woodcroft. You know, I can tell you that right now. Uh, Alex, thoughts on the big news? Yeah, this is this team's been a mess for ages. This isn't a Woodcroft issue. This is an Edmonton Oilers issue. And Woodcroft is just the easiest casualty you can make. You can't make giant trades. You're not going to fire Holland yet. You know, this early in the, in the season, you still want to try to salvage some things. So it, it's unfortunate. But, you know, like I said, Woodcroft's a good enough coach to where he will land back on his feet. If he wants to take time off, he can do that. If he wants to jump in with another role. Uh, like I said, we were talking about it before we went on air. I'm like, I, I hope Kyle Davidson picks up the phone and asks him, hey, you want to help run this power play? Work with a, another Connor uh, and, and see if you can help build that power play up to what we saw with Edmonton last year, because that's probably his strongest strength. You know, every coach has their strengths and weaknesses. And that was the biggest thing we saw from him working at Edmonton at that time was how great that power play was last year. Now, this year, he said everything looks bad on paper because they're just playing a, you know bad hockey right now. But he's a, a good coach. And uh, like I said, he's a, you know, a great listen to, uh, you know, in the press conferences and, and like a very charismatic guy. Uh, he will do just fine. So this is one of those, you know, just unfortunate casualties of, of a bad start, kind of a, a firing. It's not that he did anything wrong or neg negligent. It's just that, uh, you know, this is a, a move that's got to spark the team and say, hey, we, we can't keep doing this shit right now. If we're going to be a serious team, we have to find a way to win. We need to change. And that's the easiest change you make in the room. I mean, it's, um, it's, that's the way it is. I mean, when the things go badly like it did for Edmonton, there's going to be a change. So, uh, we'll see now where they go now uh, as far as uh, the next coach and what he can do. I'm telling you what, he actually leaves the Oilers with a hell of a win percentage. I think his win percentage was still amazing for his entire time with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So to me, I think it was rushed. I think I, I thought for sure, not for sure, but I thought maybe just maybe last night would either get, you know, call into the management group to reconsider or at least postpone or delay you know, making a coaching change, see if last night maybe gets things going in the positive direction. But no, they clearly made this commitment to make this change before the game last night. And there was nothing that was going to happen last night that was going to alter the decision. Nothing. They easily could have gave him the Lane Kiffin, uh, Gerald Gallant treatment and left him at the airport after losing to San Jose. But they didn't. They at least, you know, <laughs> let, let, let him finish out the trip and then, like I said, you know, respond with a big win. So now I think, if, if anything, it's more of an impact, right? Because it would make sense for him to get fired after losing the worst team in hockey. But the fact that you have this big win and then you can't, now you're really sending the message to that room saying, all right, yeah, right. Now, this is the kind of hockey we need to play, but you got to keep this rolling. And now to send another shockwave on top of that, that's the, the real message that's being sent here. I agree with that. Uh, no question. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I didn't see in the uh, in the uh, posting by the by Elliot Friedman, a couple of the other uh, hockey uh, reporters. Oh, Craig McTavish, uh, interim coach of the – oh, jeez. Back to the old <laughs> Craig McTavish. Oh my goodness, man! I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I mean, you got fire J. Croft, and that's your contingency plan. The old recycling machine back at work. I know. Let's just yeah. Let's go back to two thousand and six. Yeah. Do you want to bring Dwayne Rollison back? You want to bring Mike Michael Pekka back? Give them a call. Let's let's get them on the phone here. They hey, might Mike be the assistants. They might be the assistants. <laughs> I mean, Ro Roly the goalie. How are you? Want to come back and be on the Oilers? Holy fuck, man. 
I'm shocked. I, I'm actually no, I'm not. I am too. It's the Oilers, um, but my goodness, uh, yeah. <laughs> Craig McTavish. Uh, oh, is, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm not. Am I, am I looking at the wrong thing here? Oh, I'm looking at something from nine years ago. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, been, that was the first thing. Okay. I, I was going to say, I'm like, that would, that's the real breaking news there is that, wait a minute, what is going on? Okay. All right. So they just haven't made an announcement yet? I don't think they've made the announcement yet. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Gullitson, because uh, he's there, but uh, no, no, no specific decision, uh, announcement's been made as to who the uh, interim coach will be. So, actually, thank goodness for that. That that that's not. That's a good last math, though. Dodged a bullet there. Uh, yeah. yeah. The um, just a couple games. I mean, we want to get into the Sunday games. We want to get off the air before the NFL and the 1 p.m. Eastern hour. So we'll go quickly through the recap. Um, Detroit, not pretty. But they needed a win. They got it against Columbus 5-4 uh, yesterday. Dallas, very workmanlike road win uh, against the Jets 3-2. to uh, Credit to Scott Wedgwood, man. He played a really good game. Um, and uh, credit to him because it was uh, Wedgwood in net. Uh, they opted to keep, save um, Ottinger for the game against Minnesota here today. Montreal Canadiens, man. And this is what they're going to be capable of doing every now and then. Sneaking up on you and, and getting a big upset win. And we obviously saw that last night. 3-2 against Boston. We almost had a goal. I think Jeremy Swayman wanted a goalie fight because he got into a scrum after the whistle with Gallagher. Uh, he didn't like the way uh, he was being poked at around the net. And uh, they got into it a little bit. Just not a fight, but definitely some pushing and shoving, some grappling. And then he turns around and he looks at uh, Montembeau down the other end of the ice. He's like, come on, come join us here. I'm ready. Uh, but uh, nothing developed there as far as that's concerned. But uh, Jeremy Swayman showing a little uh, brazen uh, attitude yeah. last night against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Montreal, nice win for them. Give them credit. They played hard last night. Wasn't the best game from Boston, even though they got you know their best defenseman back from suspension. Uh, Charlie McAvoy. Funny how that works. You get your best defenseman back and you lose, <laughs> especially to the Montreal Canadiens. That's how it can work sometimes. 4-1 for Ottawa, spoiling Dustin Wolf's debut uh, last night against the uh, Calgary Flames. Um, it wasn't a great game, in my opinion, from Calgary's standpoint. They got completely outplayed, especially in the third period. Uh, definitely Ottawa, the right side, deserved that one. 4-1 last night. Carolina, very impressive, shutting out the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-0 uh, in that game. All right. It's time for me to say it. It's time to give Kochetkov more starts, okay? I'm, I'm sick of this back and forth with uh, Anderson, who can never stay healthy, and Ranta, who's up and down like a yo-yo, and he's in his late 30s now. It's time to move to the future, Carolina. Let's go here. It is time to give Kochetkov more opportunities in net. He keeps showing you that he is going to be your number one goalie for a long time to come, and he had a very good night last night, 22 save shutout. Time to go forward and give this guy more starts. I'm not saying you have to give him the most starts, but you've got to get him into the rotation now with these two uh, old geezers that you got, Anderson and Ronta. Okay, it's time. He's good enough, and he was very good last night uh, in that 4 nothing shutout win for uh, Carolina. Washington, how about them? That's back-to-back -back big dog wins for them. New Jersey Friday night on a back-to-back, -back, no less, and they beat the Islanders 4-1. to one. So I give the Washington Capitals credit. I'll say this, Alex. They made a good hire. I said that right from the beginning. Spencer Carberry is a good, young, up-and-coming coach, well-respected. He blends analytics with, but he doesn't, like, get married to them 
Like right. he's very good in terms of he he'll do some things during the game to change the flow. He'll change lines. He'll do different things. He'll you know shake things up. Um, I've been impressed uh, with uh, Carberry. Our guy Nikita Kashursky, who's been on the show a few times, he's a former teammate of Spencer Carberry in the minors, and, and um, he said he's ready to be a head coach. He'll do a good job. And you know, the more I watch Washington, the more I'm impressed because it's not like Ovi's been lighting the lamp. It's not like they've got a ton of depth at forward or blue line. And here they are somehow now winning games and playing some better hockey. So credit to Washington. Uh, very disappointing game from Buffalo. 4 nothing. They got shut out by Pittsburgh uh, last night. 7-5 uh, Arizona uh, against Nashville last night. Shootout broke out in Music City. A terrible game for Colorado, man. 4-1 to one after 2. And they didn't play that bad in the second period, but they gave up. They quit. I can't believe I saw a Colorado Avalanche team quit. They quit in the third period. They were. They, it's like they just said, all right, on to the next one. 4-1, they got outscored in the third period. 8-2, loss to the Blues. And Jared Bednar, I have never heard him get as angry. I've hardly ever heard him get angry at his team. He really was. And he is not someone that really has that personality to really be agitated and, and pissed off. Oh, he was last night. That's about as angry as I've ever heard Jared Bednar uh, about his hockey team. So maybe mark that down. Uh, if they don't respond after what some of the things Bednar said, if they don't respond Monday night in Seattle, you know, when they play the Kraken, there's something wrong. Seattle team that just beat them, by the way, uh, a few days ago. It might be a nice little spot there for Colorado on Monday night uh, against Seattle, coming off that de uh, debacle at home last night to the uh, St. Louis Blues. But Georgiev's starting to really worry me after that red-hot start. He has been really fighting it and feeling it and struggling uh, the last, really, couple of weeks. Hasn't been the same goalie either for Colorado. Uh, we also saw Edmonton, as mentioned, 4-1 over Seattle. I think one of their best games in a long time, but unfortunately it wasn't enough uh, to save the uh, job uh, of their head coach. And Philly, how about the Flyers, 4-2? This is becoming concerning with L.A. They can't win on home ice. This is the most fucking bizarre thing imaginable. They dominate that road trip. They're 7-0 on the road, and they can't win a damn home game at Crypto Arena to save themselves right now. The LA Kings. They dropped two to pit the Pennsylvania teams, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, since returning home. Um, and they don't play as tight defensively, I know, I notice when they get back home this year as well. Same thing last night. They gave up four goals again, you know, on home ice last night. So very bizarre behavior from the LA Kings. I still think they're a hell of a hockey team, but they got to figure this shit out in terms of the home ice performance. This is getting nuts now. One win, you know, on home ice this year for the LA Kings, and they're seven and zero on the road. Uh, crazy stuff. And Toronto, credit to them. Uh, very complete game. To hold the Vancouver Canucks to two goals, very impressive. Best bet hits with that. 5-2 win over Vancouver. Uh, Samsonov was better. They played better in front of him. Uh, they actually played a quiet third period. Did not give the Canucks a ton of great quality chances. It, Toronto showed you they can play good defense, but consistently can they do it. they got to show it. They showed last night that it's in them. It, it can be done. But now it's about making it a habit, not making it a one-off if you're the Leafs. Uh, Alex, some thoughts on what we saw on a busy Saturday. Yeah, well, let's let's start off with what you were talking about with Carolina. We can also kind of transition that right into Calgary. When you have the best goaltenders in your system, you play them. Okay, now there's some teams like Minnesota, Chicago, who's their best goalies are not ready to, to, to come up to the team yet. But in terms of Dustin Wolf and in terms of Piotr Kachekov, these two guys need to stay right where they are right now in the NHL, in the rotation, and in the 
you know, talking about Chekhov, yes, he needs to be the starter now. There should not be any kind of confusion. I don't even know why on earth you went and got Yaroslav Halak. Uh, he went, you know, a goaltender who had, had been extremely shaky and had his own injury issues and then retired and now has been, you know, cold and now you got to wait for him to get worked out. Why would you do that when you have Kachekov, a goaltender who has proven that he can play well? This is a guy you had to throw in as a third stringer in the playoffs and you felt comfortable riding him. So why would you not just go in and give him the star already? As soon as uh, Anderson goes down, you should have just said, Kachekov's getting called up. He's our starter right now and build that confidence in him. Uh, same thing with Dustin Wolf, you know, that team is horrible. This Calgary team's a mess. They were skating in quicksand. You know how we talked about Vegas game one of the playoffs last year? We're just like, holy shit, how's this team going to do anything? Because they were skating at half speed. That's what Calgary did for about 42 minutes last night. And Wolf played well, you know, made some saves, but he ended up giving up goals because there's no offense going the other way. Everything's in, in his zone all night. And that's going to happen to any goaltender, young or old, no matter how good or bad you are. So these are the guys that need to stick around. Calgary and Carolina need to realize that moving forward. That being said, uh, some of the other games that I watched, I didn't get to watch a whole heck of a lot. wasn't feeling the best. Dallas beating Winnipeg was happy about that uh, in the early game. Had Dallas a little bit, which I wish I had gone a full unit on that. But that's a good win for a Stars team. And, and Stars Jets, you know, that's going to be a uh, matchups to watch. You know, the next couple times they play because those two teams probably be battling neck and neck for a, you know two spot, three spot in that Central Division. So those should be some interesting games. Uh, Toronto beating Vancouver. That's a, a good win for them. And this Vancouver team just seems to look good. They're right there with that Anaheim, right? They're, st- they're two steps above Anaheim, but they're in that same wheelhouse of every night they're going to compete. They're not going to just look like dog shit most nights. They're going to compete even in, and look good even in losses. And uh, you have to – sometimes that makes it a little harder for what we do because we're just saying, oh, wow, well, they still look great even though they lost, but you can't start, you know, backing a team – three or four, four or five losses. Well, they looked good every loss, but they're, they're losing, you know, so we have to kind of still recognize it for what, it, what it's worth. But, uh, you know, that's a, a battle of two good teams there. Arizona, Nashville, I, I was so upset with myself because normally I just usually kind of automatically bet this first period over. And I didn't last night. And there's five goals in the first period, 12 goals in the whole game. Uh, just an, an absolute kind of a barn burner. And it's it's good to see that Arizona can kind of compete in those these games, right? Because that was kind of the thing when with – the rebuild and the early part of this rebuild Arizona, they would get crushed if they tried to boat race against anybody. But now they have that, that forward talent where they can keep up in, in a high pace and high scoring affair. So that's something to keep a note of, especially when you're talking about totals of the Coyotes. Yeah. Excellent point. There's no question. We do have uh, a name and a person as uh, that will be uh, for the uh, new interim. I don't know if he's going to be the interim or permanent, but he is the head coach now of the Oilers, Chris Knobloch. Uh, who is, uh, of course, and I've mentioned this guy as a potential candidate before, AHL, Hartford, Wolfpack, the Rangers organization. This guy has been knocking on the door of getting an opportunity at the next level. And he actually was the coach of the Erie Otters in the Ontario Hockey League back when Connor McDavid played there. So he's coached Connor McDavid before. And Chris Knobloch will now be behind the bench as head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. So there you go. Um, Nice. That's good. I feel like, I mean – we're trying to make Connor happy too much. I mean, it feels like it's a move to make Connor McDavid happy and, yeah, and, and settle him down. Yeah, I mean, it is. You bend gotcha. over backwards to make number 97 happy because, you know, one day you might lose him. So this is, you know, you have a good – obviously had a good rapport with him because his junior career was spectacular. That's what got everybody excited about Connor McDavid to begin with, and Chris was his coach down there uh, with the uh, Erie Otters uh, many years ago. So reunited. Uh, and Will it feel so good? Well – I guess we're about to find out. 
uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. All right, let's get to today's games. We've got five on tap, starting with the Chicago Blackhawks and Florida Panthers. Uh, Florida upwards of minus 290, minus 300 even in some spots here uh, as home favorites. Six and a half the total in this game. Uh, we had a Connor Bedard, you know, best game of his young career, of his rookie season, uh, obviously against Tampa Bay, four points. Uh, two goals in the first period uh, of that game against the uh, Lightning. We'll see uh, what he's got for an encore here this afternoon against a Florida team that's playing well. I give Florida credit. I give Paul Maurice credit. Pomo is uh, doing one hell of a coaching job right now. To be this long, this deep into the season with two – it's not even debatable. It's not even close. Your two best defensemen, Ekblad and Montour, and to see what you have been able to do uh, still without those two guys, uh, it's been extremely impressive. Hats off to Paul Maurice. They're playing great hockey, especially on home ice. They beat Carolina, of course, uh, on Friday night. Uh, this team, I think, on at uh, BB&T Center here in Florida, 5-1 and one they are uh, on home ice this year. It's actually a redemption spot for Florida because they lost to Chicago uh, just recently at the United Center uh, earlier this season. We'll see if they can bounce back from that. It was 5-2 Hawks back on November the 4th a week ago. Uh, we're seeing a lot of this lately, East versus West teams, and they're playing each other twice within like a one-week span. I kind of like that they're doing that. So it kind of, you know, you don't usually get bad blood and animosity and a little rivalry developing when it's interconference games. But when you play each other twice in such a short period of time, it does develop that little rivalry. So uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm, I'm going to probably look towards some goals being scored in this game. That's my first thought. Uh, is over six and a half simply because you've looked at series history. We've got five and two to the over in the last seven meetings. Uh, Chicago suddenly four and one to the over their last five games. They're either scoring goals or they're giving them up or both. You know, that's kind of what we've seen from the Blackhawks. And it's kind of what we expected going into the season. It just took a long time for the offense to kick up a little bit. But the defense has certainly been suspect. Three to Tampa, four to New Jersey. Uh, they give up eight to Arizona in that game's. Uh, so I think they'll probably uh, end up giving up some goals. Florida on the mean on the uh, in the meantime has gone over the total in four straight games coming into tonight. So they're on a little four and zero over streak. Their offense has been fine. They've scored a grand total of uh, fourteen goals in their last three games combined. So Panthers in good form, and they get Sam Bennett back uh, from injury for this game. Big big news for Florida. He's just uh, not just a good goal scorer and offensive contributor for the uh, Panthers, but obviously brings that physical element, goes to the net, uh, gives you that, you know, grind in his game. There's got that grind in his game, go to the front of the net, uh, take punishment. So definitely, I think when you look at this game, having Bennett back makes this team obviously even stronger up front. So I like over six and a half here. I think this price is, uh, I, if Chicago hadn't already beaten Florida, I'd be kind of interested in like some kind of Chicago and or draw type of deal. But you know, Florida just lost to them. They're rolling at home. I could see the Florida maybe winning like a 5-2 type of game here or 5-3 against this uh, Chicago team today. Uh, but obviously, I'm not going to lay the price or endorse the Panthers at this type of uh, price. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Chicago, Florida. Yeah, I mean, that's the only the, – the, my gut feeling is either this game stays close and goes to OT or Florida wins in a route. And it's interesting, you know, we always talk about with Saturday and Sunday games, and you get more of these uh, matinee starts later in the in the year. The Hawks haven't played a lot of these noon start, 1 o'clock starts in a long time. Like, if you think about the old days when NBC had games and it was, the, you know, the Showtime Dynasty era, they played 12, 30, 1 o'clock. It seemed like, you know, every other week, especially once they got to the second half of the season, they even had playoff games that started early. 
you didn't see that much. And of course, the pandemic you didn't have any teams that were playing a whole lot of heck of a lot of early games in, in that stretch. So the Hawks haven't been used to playing these kind of early day starts that often like they were in, in recent years. And that's something I kind of look for where Florida's been a tad bit more familiar with some of the, the having the day starts. I think this could ha- be one of those games where it's a bit sloppy, goes back and forth. I like the first period and full games over, but looking for them in game. I think we'll have time to where we can, we can grab a better price on one and a half, uh, grab a five and a half in game. But I sprinkled a little bit on the draw. I got 400 at, at Caesars. I can see where this goes back and forth, and they find themselves maybe tied at four after 60 minutes. And uh, it's kind of a bit of a sloppy, weird matinee game. So that's what I'm looking for here. All right. Good stuff indeed. You know, props. I'm interested in Bennett. Even first game back, sometimes it takes some time to warm up. But, you know, that could be a little bit of a boost. Evan Rodriguez, by the way, as long as he remains on the top line, he's a little bit undervalued as well. Uh, Chicago, I wouldn't overthink it. Most of their damage comes from, you know, Bedard. It comes from uh, lately. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, Radish might be worth a look. Donato, even Donato, I think, uh, is capable, even though he slipped down the lineup a bit. Uh, but there's some prop options for you for that game. Dallas, Minnesota. We've got Dallas minus 115, uh, road favorites, six being the total. Back-to-back situation for the Stars in Winnipeg yesterday, uh, and they ended up with the 3-2 uh, to two, uh, victory over the Winnipeg Jets. A very interesting decision made by uh, Peter DeBoer to keep Jake Ottinger for this game uh, here this afternoon. Uh, against uh, the uh, Minnesota Wild, as opposed to uh, not uh, starting him yesterday against the uh, Jets. Uh, on the flip side, we've got uh, Minnesota, uh, two straight losses for them against the Rangers and the Sabres. Uh, their season's been just chock full of one step forward, two steps back. It's just the way it's been for them. Uh, they had a you know a really rough start to the year, a four-game losing streak, start to feel good about themselves again with the home win against the Rangers, where they come came back after a bad start. Uh, the win against the Islanders, two in a row, and then you're right, you know, like I said, two steps back. You lose to the Rangers in, at Madison Square Garden and then Buffalo, 3-2 the other night. I thought they played well enough to win against Buffalo, but it was one of Devin Levi's better games, and Minnesota couldn't uh, convert uh, on their uh, chances. Uh, you look at Dallas, they've won four of the last five uh, meetings uh, between these uh, two teams. Of course, uh, that includes playoffs. Regular season last year, I do want to point out, we had – a lot of goals in the, in some of these games. And we also had a lot of overtime and, and shootouts. So I am interested in the draw a little bit here uh, in this game with the Stars in the Wild. I will sprinkle a little bit on that going into this matchup. Again, we know it's going to be Jake Ottinger in net for the uh, Dallas Stars for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, it looks like Gustafson projected, uh, but it isn't confirmed uh, as of yet. But that's what, what I would look for here. I, I would only look Dallas right now with Minnesota's current plight. But I like the draw even more. Uh, it's just too stark in terms of the series history where you look at the regular season meetings last year between these uh, two teams, uh, and we saw a lot of close games, and we saw multiple games go beyond regulation in that regular season series last year. So uh, I do lean Dallas, but I think the better value here is the draw here in this one. It's got a chance, I think, to see overtime in this game. And that's the one thing about the Wild, too. You look back, some of their recent home games, the Ranger game, went to overtime. They played a game against Columbus, went to overtime uh, at home. So draw, I think, has some potential here. What do you think, Alex? Dallas, Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, this was a, a draw series heavy during the regular season last year. Only saw one draw in the, in, in the playoff matchup, ironically, in game one, and that was it. 
But um, like I said, yeah, these two teams can you know always play each other tight for the most part during the regular season. Minnesota is just a draw team. That's just something we've been able to kind of cash. A little bit of an earlier kind of start to uh, at uh, Exology Center, 5 o'clock. That's kind of a, a weird kind of in-between time. So maybe we don't see it as clean of a start right away. And, and you know, it kind of takes some time and balance. I can tell you now, I'm going to be furious if Minnesota loses this game and then we hear tomorrow morning that Dean Everson gets canned. Uh, somebody who had him first coach fired. If he gets fired a day Thanks, after, Holland. yeah, Woodcroft, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be just be just livid. But that could possibly happen though. The Minnesota, this is a big game. They got to win. Uh, you know, and, and if the fans always are, show up when they play Dallas, that that's you know, it, it's, even if Dallas doesn't think it's a rivalry, Minnesota fans, you can't tell them any different. This is a rivalry yeah. game to them. Yeah. So uh, they will voice their displeasure if the Wild lose this game and if they look bad this in this one for sure. We will hear, hear the Boo Birds come out. But I think this one stays close and goes past 60, so I'm on the draw. All right. Uh, liking the draw here is uh, Alex with the uh, Stars uh, and uh, the Wild. Uh, as far as, you know, player props for me are very uh, status quo with both of these teams. Like, it's the same that I usually would mention. Wyatt Johnston, to me, is really starting to pick it up. Again, he's a streaky scorer, but right now he, he had, a, had a really good last couple of games. He would be someone I would target. For Minnesota, uh, We you know, Erickson X scored the other night. Kaprizov, we're still waiting for him to really get things flowing. Uh, and it looks like the um, – um, Marco Rossi experiment on the top line is over, but he's still on the second line. It looks like with Boldy and Johansson going into this game tonight. All right, Jackets and Rangers. Uh, New York Rangers minus 240, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, here in this game. I don't feel like I'm going to get involved probably with this one. I mean, if you look at the uh, uh, pattern, the Blue Jackets are actually a decent 500 against the Rangers in the last six meetings, three and three, and they beat them earlier this year. Uh, very early in the season, that first week in Columbus, it was a 5-3 win uh, for the Jackets uh, over the Rangers. You know, Jackets are really having a, a tough time defensively right now. You look at these recent games, a five-goal allowance to Florida, five to Dallas, five to Detroit, all three of those games losses. So they're really having a tough time uh, right now keeping the puck out of their net. It should be a game where we can expect the Rangers maybe to be able to score some goals against the struggling Blue Jackets uh, defense. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens in net for the uh, Jackets tonight. Jonathan Quick, by the way, confirmed for the uh, Rangers. So I might actually give a nod to the over here uh, in this game with that confirmation. Jackets are an over machine right now. Three straight overs, can't keep the puck out of their net. Rangers are not really an over machine, and they can play good defense. And actually, most of the season and a lot of their wins, especially, the defensive game's been strong, and they've gotten really good goaltending as well. But they have gone over in two of their last three, and they are scoring goals right now. Rangers have 13 goals in the last three games combined, four-plus for them in three straight games. And if you look at Elvis uh, Merzlikens, again, we're waiting on Elvis Merzlikens to really you know, find his game. And again, so far, that's not the case. 3.21 goals against 897 save percentage. And there's, you could actually make the case, well, prior to yesterday, because he didn't have a great game yesterday, prior to yesterday, Spencer Martin had actually played, I think, a little bit better uh, than Elvis Merzlikens. Remember, Merzlikens got pulled in that Florida game uh, as well. So, you know, you got the Rangers scoring goals. Columbus can't keep it out of their net. But with Jonathan Quick in net for the Rangers, I think the Jackets might be able to produce a little bit offensively. And we have seen two of the last three meetings go over the total. So uh, probably more so over six and a half than anything from a side perspective. The Jackets did beat the Rangers one time at Madison Square Garden last year, but they also lost six to two. Uh, in one of the other meetings at MSG. So 
Um, and it does feel like this could be one of those Rangers flat spots. They, 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 I remember they lost a game against Nashville after they had won a few in a row. Uh, it's not, it's possible for them, but this is a team that's uh, eight and one in their last nine games. The Rangers they are playing really well. Uh, I don't, and I don't think I have enough confidence to back Columbus, even though situationally I could see this being a bit of a, uh, a tougher game than you would expect for the Rangers. Um, all right, what do you think here, Alex? Blue Jackets, Rangers. I probably look over for me, but what do you like? Blue Jackets, Rangers. Yeah, over makes total sense. But it's interesting. I was, I was uh, actually chatting with Isaacs uh, yesterday evening on Twitter, and we were t- kind of talking about this game. And I'm actually leaning toward back in Columbus here. It's an interesting trend, and I don't play a lot of day trends in, in any sport. You know, certain things will pop up. We talk about you know certain like special days or just overall blanket trends with things, but. The last five times these teams have played on a Sunday, Columbus has won. Four of those games took place at Madison Square Garden. Four of those times where they won in Madison Square Garden, they were underdogs. So there's something here, and we talk about this all the time, where there's some teams that have a better team's number. Doesn't necessarily mean, you know, matchup-wise or coaches, it just changes throughout the years. Columbus has been a team that has always played New York tough. Uh, over the years, and we saw that even the last matchup where they won the game. So plus 200, I'll take a small flyer with the Jackets, maybe even grab a little small piece of the draw as well. I'm uh, seeing that at 390 and higher, so that's something to definitely t- keep in pocket. Like I said, with Jonathan Quick, he, they, you know, obviously they have to ride him now with Shesterkin still banged up, and he's a formidable backup goalie, but he's not a guy you can trust as a 1B option anymore. So, you know, how is his durability going to last? How is his hip going to handle, you know, playing, you know, constant games over and over? Uh, so this is, a, I think, a spot where I think the Jackets are live here as a big dog. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I would look, I would consider them too. Uh, I haven't yet, but I, I definitely noticed that. Columbus, they, they popped up in these spots. Uh, you mentioned it, Sundays against the Rangers. We'll see if they can do that again. Vancouver, Montreal. We've got Vancouver minus 180, road favorites, six and a half the total. Uh, the Canucks, not their best game, but I think you got to give the Leafs some credit. Goaltending from Samsonov was good. I don't think they gave Vancouver a ton last night. Even though they got 33 shots, I don't think it was as high quality as we've seen from this Canucks team. Uh, their two goals, their power play continues to be outstanding. Both their goals came with the man advantage. And that could be an issue Montreal uh, for Montreal because they've given up a lot of power play goals this year. Uh, we'll see if uh, that if they can stay out of the box and or improve that penalty kill tonight. But give the Red uh, Montreal credit; they've lost uh, or they've won two in a row against uh, Detroit and Boston. Uh, both of those games going to overtime, so uh, draw bets in both of those games. I don't know if this one necessarily is going to be uh, a draw. Vancouver and Montreal, by the way, it's been a weird series history. Vancouver's won three of the last four, uh, and they've split uh, here uh, in uh, Montreal the last uh, two years. Although Montreal did beat them. Five two, but that was in November. Yeah, always. It's not just about who you play when you play them. Montreal beat Vancouver five two in Montreal last year, but that was November. That's when the team was shit, you know. And uh, there was a lot of turmoil going on with the Canucks yeah. at that time. What I really like here tonight is I think it works out perfectly here. You got Montreal off the huge, you know, win against Boston. They were down one nothing early in the game. They kept it at one nothing. They found a way to win in overtime. They're off a satisfying win against a division rival. Vancouver's off a rare loss. It's not going to sit as well. I think first period puck line here with the Canucks is a good look. Uh, and in fact, that is what I like here. Vancouver minus a half. Good plus price with that uh, here in this game to get the jump on Montreal uh, in the first uh, 20 minutes. Both teams are on a back-to-back. So 
Uh, there's obviously no particular advantage there, but I think that's the best way to approach it here. I'd rather take that than, you know, even money or so with Vancouver regulation or a minus one. Uh, I much prefer the first period here, minus a half plus 155 uh, at bet 365 with that. And I'm also going to look over simply because these Canuck games that just keep on, you know, they can score. Uh, they don't have Demko tonight, by the way. It's Casey DeSmith who's going to get the start. Jake Allen for Montreal. And uh, that's another reason I like the over. Jake Allen, man, that last start against Tampa, P.U., awful. Uh, and he got pulled in that game against the Lightning earlier this week. And he gave up three goals in the two starts before that, 3.35 goals against average on the season. And now you got to face this Vancouver team that obviously has been among the league leaders in goals scored per game this year. So first period puck line Vancouver and over six and a half for me in this one. Alex Canucks Habs. I'm just making a note here. Uh, Jacob Markstrom would be a good fit for the Habs, in my opinion. I think that would be a great move, and that would be a new lease on his career. A different look, and I think that that's better goaltender than Montembeau. It's certainly Jake Allen who's getting this start. He's a guy who's been really rough uh, lately. So I'm going to look for a live over here in this spot. The first thing that I said when I looked at this game and looked at the lines after everything ended last night was I feel like some goofy shit's going to happen in this contest. So I don't want anything to do with the side. Like I said, it's, it's a good point. If you're going to take Vancouver, probably best to just try to get what you can in the first period and then uh, maybe look for, you know, see how the how game develops in game. Uh, but I'm going to try and look for a, a five and a half. I'll lay a dollar 20 or dollar 30, same price that, I, that you get now with the six and a half. That's trying to get a better number. All right, good stuff there. As far as props here with the uh, Canucks, um, I'm, I'm telling you, there are definitely uh, Ilya Mikheyev to me. We saw it again. Uh, you know, he's just uh, unbelievable how he's contributing for this team since he's been moved up to the uh, top line. There's no question. Uh, he's been absolutely terrific. Uh, two goals against Ottawa. Shut out last night, but as long as he remains on that top line unit, uh, I think definitely going to be worth a look as far as props go. Uh, and then on the Montreal side, um, Sean Monaghan, again, we, I keep talking about Sean Monaghan. And, uh, you know, he's uh, been very good. He's, uh, his point streak got snapped last night, but still been very good uh, recently for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. No question uh, about that. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Over 100 live viewers on a Sunday, certainly when there's a lot going on, including, of course, the the mighty National Football League, the mighty shield, as I call it. Uh, and still, we got a great uh, turnout on a Sunday. We appreciate it very much. All right, final game, San Jose-Anaheim. We've got the uh, Anaheim Ducks, minus 190, home favorite, six and a half being the uh, total here in this one. I got to say it, Alex, it's a pass for me, uh, this game. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a break from Anaheim for a bit. Uh, that was disappointing against the Philadelphia Flyers the other night. And we did say, for as amazing, and we think they're a much improved team, they're going to go through their pitfalls. They're going to go through their ups. They're going to go through their downs. They might be in a little valley right now, the Anaheim Ducks. So as long as they, you know, until I see them get out of that valley, I, I'm not going to back them. You know, that's now two losses in a row against the Penguins uh, and the Flyers, although you could say the Kings just lost to those uh, same two teams in a row. So no shame in that. I mean, obviously, I think Anaheim should win this game uh, against the lowly San Jose Sharks, who reverted, by the way, back into the lowly San Jose Sharks on Friday night, getting pumped by the uh, Vegas Golden Knights 5 nothing. Uh, I stayed off that game because it's like, look, we're, we have seen them beat Philly and Edmonton. They're playing with a little confidence, but I'm still pissed. I didn't maybe look at a Vegas alternative puck line because Vegas was off the two losses, Anaheim and, of course, L.A. on the TNT game on Wednesday night. Uh, they didn't take San Jose lightly. And teams that teams that are better and teams that don't take San Jose lightly, they're going to beat San Jose. It's just that simple. And that's exactly what we saw uh, uh, against the uh, Sharks from Vegas that night. So 
you know, I'm off the game. And I don't like Anaheim at this price. Anaheim at our pick em price ranges, even money, underdog prices, I'm all in. I'm interested. I'm all ears looking at the Anaheim Ducks in, the, in those uh, instances. Minus 190 favorite, even against a team they should beat, I'm not interested. Pass for me. Uh, Alex, uh, Sharks and Ducks. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, like I said, Anaheim, yeah, cooled off a little bit, but but fairly quality, you know, teams. Pittsburgh, would, like I said, was playing a little hot. They, you know, caught fire. Same thing with Philly. They've, they've been catching fire early, probably going to start fading on, on their own, um, you know, in due time as well. But this Anaheim team, this is the last game of the, of the home trip, and then, you you know, go off on the road. Uh, you're playing Nashville and then Colorado. So you feel like, okay, we got to get a win here because that could be those two tough spots and two tough places to play. Uh, you know, get back on, on the on the winning ways now and, and take care of business here against the lowly San Jose team. I like the team total over. I've seen a three and a half. Uh, that's at Pinnacles. I can't bet that. But I'm going to be looking for something three and a half, four range. I think Anaheim gets things right and they can get the offense rolling and they should be able to at least score goals. Uh, I don't see San Jose winning this thing seven to five, but if it does, I'll still cash with my uh, team total over. So I'm just going to go with the Ducks. Team total over. That's the only thing I like here. All right. Anaheim team total over. And again, the price with the uh, Ducks team total is not bad at all. Uh, you know, and certainly I would endorse that if you're going to bet Anaheim in any fashion uh, in this game, uh, over three and a half is minus 118 right now at Pinnacle. So lay minus 118 instead of minus 190. Uh, that for sure. And really, is there a scenario where, you know, if uh, Edmonton or if, not if Edmonton, if Anaheim wins, you know, they're likely going to score at least four goals. You know, I think that is the recipe for most of these Ducks wins. When they win, they score at least four. So definitely, if you're going to endorse the Ducks tonight, take that team total over three and a half minus 118 on them. Don't take the money line minus there's a, one. There's nine. a four. There's a four even at plus one, uh, plus 125 at MGM for those of us in the States. So. All right, there you go for a little more bang for your buck. And I do want to point out, I might sprinkle on the full game over here just because of series history. I mean, my goodness, five straight overs. Uh, and all of the games last year, there were four meetings last year, 6-5, 5-4, 6-1, 5-4. I mean, tons of goals between the uh, Sharks and the Ducks last year. So pretty strong series history. We expect, although not confirmed, but we expect Mackenzie Blackwood for San Jose, John Gibson for Anaheim uh, in net in this game. So. I might get there with uh, over six and a half just based on that strong uh, series history between uh, the two teams. Three of the four meetings last year went to overtime or a shootout. So I'm not saying bet the draw, but that's something to consider maybe as well. And again, I'm going to keep anything I bet in this game very small. So I don't feel strongly about it, but maybe over and draw sprinkles. I'm interested. I'm intrigued anyway by both of those here in this game. All right, great stuff. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Of course, Ice Guys Family Plan, nine ninety nine U.S. per month. Uh, daily betting card uh, and the player props. Alex's live looks. Uh, Patreon page is where the tech stuff is. The power ratings, yeah. the goalie charts, and more. Uh, both of those. Make sure you sign up. Uh, we're going to have an impromptu live betcast for our exclusive members at some point in November as well, which will only be available to Patreon and. Uh, Ice Guys Family Plan members, so uh, make sure you uh, definitely join us for that. Uh, all that and more, so check it out, the Family Plan, nine ninety nine U.S. per month. Also, check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. It's getting colder. It's coming. I know you guys have already seen commercials for all kinds of other things. Christmas will be here pretty soon, and we got a couple of cool new Christmas items in the uh, Ice Guys store. we got an ornament. We've got a stocking. So some cool things if you want to add to the house, we have them available at the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. 
All right, good stuff indeed. All right, the bargain bin special of the night. Alex, do you have anything for the bargain bin tonight? I was looking around, but I don't have anything for this evening. Nothing for tonight. All right, very good. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes there's just not going to be enough to uh, uh, be of interest for you. Uh, and to be honest, this was not one of my stronger um, you know, bargain bin specials. There's not a ton of change in the lineups, and that's always what I target as far as you know, a lot of these uh, bargain bin specials. Uh, in particular, is the uh, change in the lineup uh, for uh, these uh, teams. So what I'm going to go with instead is I'm going to go with someone that has been noticeable uh, since he's been on the uh, – uh, let me just see here. Uh, actually, you know what? doesn't make the uh, threshold here. Uh, let me – I'll pick someone else. Okay, I've got someone in mind here uh, for uh, – I'm going to go back to an old, um, you know, good, an old friend, if you will, someone that I think I've been uh, taking quite a bit here. Uh, as far as uh, the uh, player props uh, are concerned, uh, and uh, going to go back to the uh, well here as far as uh, this game goes tonight, uh, and it's going to be the uh, matchup between the uh, Sharks uh, and the Ducks, and I can get plus 320 at bet 365. Mason McTavish, there we go. Uh, Anaheim Ducks, uh, plus 320. Uh, so that is what we will rock with there. Mason McTavish, Anaheim Ducks, plus 320, barely making the criteria, but we'll go with that. Uh, like I say, a light day for the bargain bin. Uh, not as many great situations as normal, but we'll go with uh, McTavish for Anaheim for the uh, bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for uh, best bet? Yeah, head up the street to the XL Energy Center. We're going to go with Dallas, Minnesota draw. It's plus 360 at FanDuel. That's the best number available. FanDuel has great uh, draw numbers and regulation. And uh, like I said this has always been a fairly tight series, especially during the regular season. Uh, we saw what four games regular season playoffs last year go past regulation. I think we'll have one here. So let's go with the Stars and Wild. Regulation draw plus 360 is my best bet for Sunday. All right, there you go. Dallas, Minnesota draw. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet, happy to cash the uh, Canucks and Leafs uh, over the total last night for sure. Uh, my best bet for this uh, card, I'm, I'm going to go back to Vancouver over again. Why not? Uh, it's right up there, one of my favorite looks tonight. Uh, I like that Vancouver puck line as well. Uh, but I'm going to go with Canucks and Habs over six and a half here tonight, uh, minus 120 uh, with that one. Uh, again, Canucks scoring goals in bunches. Montreal's actually picked it up offensively the last couple of games themselves. We've got uh, DeSmith, who's been solid, but he's no Thatcher Demko. And obviously Jake Allen, who's had a tough season. So I expect some goals here on Sunday night. Canucks, Canadians over six and a half for my uh, best bet here for this uh, Sunday NHL card. All right, that'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy all the action, NFL, NHL, and everything else in between. And we'll be back tomorrow, 3 p.m., Note the start time, 3 p.m. Eastern, tomorrow on Monday for another edition of The Ice Guys. 